A sublime Sutton snatches top spot in the championship at a sunny Snetterton. Here is the Snetterton review. Hello everybody and welcome back for take two of the Snetterton review. Every single record, there is something that we find that goes wrong or we can tweak or we haven't done particularly well. This time, we lost the entire recording. So it's a new uh, experience for us. So we're going again. Apologies for the delay. But you have had the driver grades and you have had me, I would say, successfully putting up a chair. Um, <laughs> in, the in, end, in the end. A little bit in, of help in the me. End, <laughs> well, what was that? Is it the Beatles song you get by with a little help from your friends? Yeah. I mean, or, you know... It, the, it, synergy, the pod in action. Um, Sam, if you can remember Snetterton, we did go. Yes. Uh, how are you, first of all, today? Uh, my ear has just started to peel from the sunburn, I, I noticed this morning. Uh, and my knees are still quite red, but not peeling. So I think I've saved those. But yeah, it was it was definitely warmer than I expected at points, but hot, cold towards the end of the day. I mean, the public information appeal went out. We said, wear a hat. Take yes. a brolly, you sun cream, you failed on all of those fronts. Other than you did I wear a hat. hat at times. You did, yeah. I had a hat that for you. got us to, to help us be spotted on TV as well. Twice. We are famous we always, now. We always jump to being on ITV and it's exactly. finally come round. Exactly. So that's great news. How are your sunburnt legs? Uh, yeah, they're not too bad now. They're, uh, they're, they've fully recovered and they don't hurt when I kneel down or anything. So uh, looking good on that side of things. And just remind me, on it's on the. Did we do it on the driver grade? Your um, science about the sun, or obviously we've not, we've not lost that content. Brilliant. So if you've not heard that, Sam has got a fantastic scientific take on the sun and its rays. I, I think in your heart out. I think there's something in it, but you're you're not a believer. No, but for that you've got to go listen to the driver grades. For this, it's Snetterton, and the best place to start is on the Saturday with the qualifying. Qualifying report. Yeah, qualifying was back to its standard old format this time out um, with a 30-minute session. Um, and again, it was packed full of a few incidents. Um, Housestead going into the session had had his engine changed through FP2 due to some issue um, and probably caused the first big issue of qualifying in the fact that he then dropped oil at Corum, causing uh, five other drivers to uh, slide off as a result of it. Lloyd had a massive sideways moment through the grass um, when he caught the oil. Butcher, I don't think, was picked up by ITV coverage, um, showing that he'd gone off as well. Patterson we saw sliding and spinning around as well, but the, the biggest Casualty as such, uh, apart from Halstead himself, was Turkington, who uh, span off and nudged his nose into the barrier as well as uh, just touching the rear end. But he would get the car back out, get the car back to the pits as the red flag was uh, brought out for around about 15 or 20 minutes because they had to patch all the oil um, that was running pretty much coming out of bomb hole all the way through Corum. He'd cut across the grass at Murray's and then gone into the pits. So there was a fair amount of clear-up work to do. Yeah, I, the smile was, I can't hear incident without hearing incident anymore. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. Yes, it was, um, 
it was an interesting one and probably a sign of how Housestead's weekend actually turned out. It wasn't a good one for him, um, which we'll, we'll pick up along the way. Um, but after the cars got back out, um, Powell had a, a, an interesting moment, shall we say, coming out of the pits, you know, on cold tyres, cold brakes. You think, oh, just a little bit cautious on, on the outlap that you need to be to um, get the car all nicely up to temperature once again. Um, but no, no, he decides to go barreling into turn one, uh, lock up both front tyres and then go straight on through the gravel. He was actually quite lucky, in my eyes, to get it out of the gravel. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, yeah, you just got to put it down to a mistake, haven't you? And it was you, if it was anybody else, you wouldn't. Yeah, I do feel a little bit for him because if it was anybody else, you'd just go, oh, okay. But yeah, it doesn't help that coupled with the difficult start one motorsport have had, yeah. um, and the difficult start in particular he has had uh, to the season. But it was good band or yeah, good footage, good content for people watching at home. A reason to, to log on to YouTube on a Saturday. Yes, yes, it certainly was. Um, but as as the times got underway, um, as you'd expect, BMW set the early pace with not having to switch their tyres over. Um, but we, we kind of had an idea of who was going to be up there and challenging. And the Napa Fords were looking quick as well. However, one of those Napa Fords did um, have quite a big incident for for Kamish's sake, I've not had seen him do anything like this before. Um, at turn ten, how? Well, go on. Not well, not voluntarily. No. Not voluntarily. We've seen, no. yes. we've seen him go off at high speed before, and the heart still breaks. But yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, at turn ten, Hamilton, which is the fast left-hander on the infield section of the three hundred circuit, um, it looked like he maybe turned in a little bit too early. It was tyre bail on the left-hand side, so corrected out of that, had to try and catch the spin, got onto the grass, and as he was trying to collect that spin up, make contact with the barrier, um, and then came to a rest nearly back on the track just before turn 11. Enough damage um, on the car to put him out on the spot, um, and he'd only set one fast lap time at that point. I think it, it had him in third at that point, because... He caused another red flag. He would have that lap time deleted and then obviously demoted to near enough the back of the field along with um, Halstead and uh, Jade Edwards, who we'll, we'll get on to now. Um, she, she managed to have her time disqualified, uh, unfortunately, for car infringements, which were found after the session, which was much to your bitter disappointment. Well, yeah, because I had her to out-qualify Powell, which she did comfortably. Which she did, and... yeah which I think she qualified 20th, I think, which is pretty good effort. Um, but unfortunately, the time, as you say, was lost for car infringement reasons. We're not entirely sure what those reasons were, um, but yeah, it is what it is. And she was disqualified from the session, as you say. Yeah, as we understand, there are random checks that are taken after each session. And I would assume that she is just one of those cars, unless another team has launched a, a protest for some reason. Um she may well have been one of those randomly checked cars that unfortunately failed on one aspect of the checks. Um, a few drivers to note then. Uh, Ashley Sutton took pole with an outstanding lap, nearly three and a half tenths quicker than anyone anyone else. And in touring car terms, that's almost a that's lifetime. Ridiculous. That's um, ridiculous. From Tom Ingram, who 
wasn't feeling well, as you'll get to know was through, throughout this. <laughs> wasn't feeling well this weekend. Um, and then followed by the two BMWs in Colin Turkington and Jake Hill. All BMWs uh, managed to get inside the top 10, which we kind of expected with this being a BMW-based circuit. Um Ricky Collar, probably the standout in the top 10 for me, up there in fifth. We know that he's shown some good pace this season, if been a little, little unlucky at some points. Um, and probably the driver to disappoint me the most was Sam Osborne down in 17th. With how quick the Napa Fords looked in practice this weekend, um, I thought he was going to be verging on the edge of top 10, which as we'll get on to in the races, he, he managed to achieve, but his qualifying was a little little underwhelming. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's also a bit of a stinker for the Autobright side of the hard garage. Obviously, Lloyd had his brown trouser moment going off on the oil. Thompson, as we'll get on to the rest of the weekend, didn't really get the car hooked up at all. We discussed that a little bit on the driver grades as well. Um, but yeah, given that the high they had at Brands Hatch and the, the solid start they'd had at Donington, this was quite a, a disappointment, albeit they reckon they've already found the problem isolated and it's going to be sorted ahead of Thruxton. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, they qualified down in 15th and 18th. Um, and it was quite a surprise to see that the top nine drivers were covered by a second. We were used to in previous seasons seeing maybe 20, 22 cars covered by less than a second. I just wonder whether there are some different elements this year that are causing the, these wider rare times or whether Smithson yes. was just a different different circuit, different conditions. Well, I'll tell you what it was, Sam. It was hybrid. Yes, it was hybrid. Definitely hybrid. Because as you've seen, the top five all had no high or next to no hybrid but we're still quicker than the rest of the field. So that is what's happened. The hybrid has worked brilliantly, except it's gone in reverse in and reverse, actually it weakens yeah. the car. Yeah, it takes away 40 horsepower rather than gives it. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we'll pass over it a couple of times throughout throughout the uh, race reviews that we'll go on to. But yeah, hybrid is... Um, I'm starting to question it somewhat. I Welcome to this, my side. I'll wave a flag in your honour. So just to finish out the top 15 then, Adam Morgan was in 6th, followed by Josh Cook in 7th, Rory Butcher up there in 8th, still in his Toyota events, according to BTCC website, um, Dan Robottom in 9th, Jelly in 10th, followed by Chilton, Gamble, Taylor Smith, Ronan Pearson and Dan Lloyd. Well, that might be why Butcher's not been quite up to speed this season if it's, he is racing possible. the chassis of the events, but under the, under the Corolla uh, badge. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah, possibly. Right, shall we get on to race number one then? Yeah. Race one. Okay, so as we said, Edwards had to start at the back of the grid due to her technical infringement in qualifying. It was a very good start by Ash Sutton, who hooked the start uh, procedure up very well indeed. Very poor by Ingram, uh, slow, sluggish, uncharacteristic, and ended up being completely out to dry on the outside. But he wasn't well, he, as he we was have said. Under all. the weather, mate. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. You're and that a bit may sluggish when you don't feel well. So yeah, I can understand it. it, it yeah, I agree. Uh, Camish was battling his way through the pack on the hard tyres. Obviously, I've sort of uh, glossed over there. All the BMWs started on soft. Uh, Ash Sutton started on the medium, and Camish at the back started on the hard. Um, 
What is slightly surprising is that all the BMWs started on exactly the same tyre, and that wasn't so much a problem in this race, but we're going to get to on, I think, race three, just how mental a strategy it's it turned out to be. Bizarre decision. I think we talked a little bit about it in the um, driver uh, prediction review pod that actually worked the first time around. Um, yeah, about how strange their strategy was this weekend. And even though they all started on softs for this race, I'm amazed not one of them started on the medium for this race. Or yeah. you sacrifice some of that jelly and get the hard out of the way and see what the data's like for the afternoon. But but anyway, we'll, we'll come to that more because it had more of an effect in race number three. Certainly did. Uh, Chilton, Chilton had a problem on lap one, which meant he dropped to the back of the field, but all was not lost because even though he was nearly a lap down, he was still able to catch up and pass Nick Howe said by the end of the race, along with, did he do somebody else? I think he got Jade, but I, I think she had a few gremlins because she was running i think there or thereabouts with patterson a teammate and then she dropped back in the final couple of laps um and camish was yeah. able uh, camish chilton was able to get back, back past her towards the end i will say it's not great uh for how said in the equal machinery to be caught like that by chilton um i'm willing to give a pass to edwards on the basis that that car this problem after problem with it isn't there um, yeah. whereas Halstead, okay, it's a new engine, there's probably a bit of lack of confidence in the car, but to be caught by your teammate who's basically a lap down, I th- it's not. I think the the bigger issue is seeing the best lap time that they did throughat the race. And I mean, Halstead's yeah. best lap time was just over, a smidge over two minutes, whereas you compare that to his teammate, Ronan Pearson, who has only been in the car since the start of the year, yeah. a 157.7, that's a chasm of performance then you got to yeah. ask where is it and also not only did Chilton pass him he ended up 10 seconds up the road yeah which is yeah I know bonkers a weekend bonkers. to forget anyway uh, one of the slightly concerning things for me on this race is that obviously the the tyre offset they had to run all three tyres this weekend we're seeing that coming again at Croft um, but the, all the BMWs who are Snetterton track on paper couldn't and on the best tyre couldn't make any inroad into Sun whatsoever. By the end of lap one, he was already two seconds down the road um, from Colin Turkington, and the BMW who could heat the tyre up quicker, get it all working quicker, uh, and look after it slightly better, couldn't make any inroads to Sutton on the quote inferior tyre. Do, do you see any concern about that, or is it just a case that Sutton is very very good and you could give him a brick instead of a tyre and he'd probably still get it working pretty well? Well, I, I think he said after this race that he knew he had to get some like almost qualifying style laps in at the start to get the lead, because yeah, you say the BMWs heat their tyres up nicely, but they always seem to struggle in the first couple of laps, and I think that's front end grip, rear end grip they're absolutely fine because that's where all the power is transferred to, but front end through the corners I think is where they lose out on the first couple of laps because they aren't able to get enough heat in them, even with the warm up lap. So I think he made the most of those opening laps, got the gap that he wanted or was comfortable with, I think four and a half, five seconds, as you said, um, and then almost settled into his own rhythm for the race. And then as you'll go on, just the BMW started to warm up nicely and then were able to show a little bit more pace. Yeah, my only concern is that, you know, by the end of lap two, Sutton was already in Hampshire getting ready to start race one of Thruxton. Um, and it took really until lap 10 for the BMW to get back at him. That's a long time. You know, that Stetson, which is a three-mile circuit, more or less. Yeah. And it's a circuit where BMW are supposed to be strong. 
to not catch him until lap 10, by which point Sutton's backed off anyway and is bringing the car home. He's not pushing any further. I just think that there's too much of an offset between the hard and the medium and too little an offset between the medium and the soft, personally, is my view. Although I will also accept that Snetterton is not necessarily a great place to try out this tactic because... I don't think there's many obvious overtaking zones. The infield section is very interesting because it's technical, it's tight. But realistically, there's you don't make too many passes in the infield section. I'm looking forward to seeing how this works at Croft because I think there's more natural overtaking points at Croft where you'll see this offset work slightly better. Yeah, I think I said, um, oh, I'll get to it at the end, is that the hard tyre was a weird one this weekend because although Kamish used it in this race and was able to make progress... He was able to make progress against people we would expect him to make progress on, despite the tyre. But then he got stuck just on the outskirts of the top 10 and wasn't able to go any further. Yes, there was some good good defending in there from Aaron Taylor-Smith. But, yeah, I think the tyres need to be closer set together, um, especially medium to hard. Maybe more of a drop-off from the soft. I think the soft lasted way too long. Um, this weekend that yeah probably Hill should have been faster in the earlier stages and made more of an effort to get up to Sutton rather than getting really close to him right by the end but as you say I think Sutton was just managing it but two two points on that. First of all, obviously Hill was stuck behind Turkton for a while, which we'll get to in a moment. But also just going back to Camish, of course last year he struggled to make um moves through the pack, particularly the mid pack when he was down there. I don't know if it's just a He's not quite a one of the car. I know he's further with the car this year than he was last year, but there were sort of throwbacks to last season a little bit. Um, I th- there's a problem. Sorry, I, I think race three completely contradicts that. I, I think he knows the car that he's got under him, and as long as it's on a preferred tyre, I think the soft and the medium are much preferred tyres um, compared to that hard. And I think yeah, I agree. The the Napa fought well. I think all cars work better on it compared to the hard, except Sutton, who can just make it work. Yeah, that's all come to. Um, problem for Collard, who pulled off on the straight with a water pump issue and then had a lovely seat in a uh, Marshall's chair. I feel for Collard because obviously there's a lot coming into this about the track limits, and part of me thinks just let it go. On the other hand, I think we've also lost your first BTC win, so I understand that there's. Still emotions. We are looking to launch a uh, a new series called uh, Ten Minutes with, and we shall be looking at stuff like track limits in a quick ten minute style video. So we'll be launching that in the off season, uh, when I say the off season, the summer break. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we then saw Hill starting to pile the pressure on Turkson, and I absolutely love and I'm completely <laughs> here for. Absolutely here for the lack of, for what of a better word, respect Hill has. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. He wants to overtake, and he is not going to show. Oh, it's Colin. I must do it cleanly. I must do it as you know. Can't touch him. No, no. no t- if you're in the way, I'm coming past. No team cooperation there, is there at all? No. He's, he's definitely I, I parted himself from that WSR unit. Yes, okay, they're still running the car as such, but being in that MB side, really is quite obvious with how he races with the other BMWs. And this was epitomised by his move. Two wheels on the grass, rude, aggressive, brave, round the outside into the S's. Colin didn't want to fight it, and I talked until the cows come home about Colin and racecraft. But on this one, I think he was probably wise not to overly fight it, because the last thing you want is to have two 
BMW spinning across the S's like we had with Sutton and Plato a couple of years back because it just doesn't look good for anybody. But it's the sort of stuff I love to see from Hill. Uh, he then went into hyperspeed and caught up to Ash Sutton, but wasn't really in a position to attack him. Although it was a good effort to, it, to, to try and go for the win. Yeah, it was a good effort. As you say, there were only a couple of laps left at that point, and he managed to catch him really quite quickly. I was actually quite surprised by how much Turkington squeezed over to try and narrow that gap on the back straight. But Hill literally just kept his foot in it um, and was going, right, I'm going for this. This is my chance. Um, and, and yeah, managed to pull it off. What I will say is that this is where I really don't understand how track limits work because I'd argue that that's a advantage he's gained by leaving the track, i.e. he's put two wheels in the dirt. He's That means he's been able to continue the move and get track position even though he's mm. left the track. I, I think it's fine, personally. I yeah. think it's hard racing. If, if you want to risk putting yourself on the track at over, uh, grass or over 100 miles an hour, then that's ballsy and that's fine. But I also think that if you're going to start taking away race victories for cutting a corner slightly, then that doesn't quite sit with well with me. I think what Jake Hill did is worse than what Collard did, if you're going to look at what track limits yes. should be punishable with, yeah. personally. Yeah. But, and also, he's clearly gained a more, well, it's more obvious to see where he's gained an advantage. He's literally gained a place through an overtake that starts by going off the circuit. Collard has gained two temps by leaving the white line. It's a, this is where I think the whole... And we'll, we'll talk about this when we do our Take 10 episode on this, because it's... A mess, frankly. I, I, have you seen that? I think Harvey sort of summed it up is the, the fact that it is regulated, but only in certain areas. If it was regulated for the whole track, then a move like that wouldn't have been allowed. Have you seen the pictures that come out today about what now constitutes track limits? Um, I don't think so. I've seen the release of some of the pictures from Snetterton where a photographer stood in the same place, which was actually going through Hamilton, and you could see directly behind the car he took a snap within about 15 seconds of all the cars that went through and i think 10 of them managed to drop their outside wheels off the back of the curb which i think now which is now the extension of track limits what i'd say is that go on to th motorsport btcc youtube's twitter page because they've put up a photo of this and what now constitutes track limits to me, this is ripping the heart out of racing, but it's hard to really discuss without seeing the picture. So what we would do is try and find that ourselves and put it up on the socials another time when we do the track limit episode. Yep. Right, so that pretty much ends lap uh, lap one, well, race one. Uh, so a recap, Sutton took the race win uh, from Jake Hill, from Colin Turkerton. Tom Ingram came fourth uh, with the fastest lap time as well. Adam Morgan, Stephen Jelly, Dan Rowbottom, Josh Cook, Rory Butcher and Aaron Taylor-Smith rounded up the top ten with Dan Kamish, Ronan Pearson, Sam Osborne, George Gamble and Daniel Lloyd making out the top 15. Missing out on points, the sort of the big names, uh, Thompson, Doble, Watson, Moffat in that area and Chilton, of course, uh, who also missed out on points for this race. Right, let's move on to race two. Race two. So before race two even got kicked off, uh, there were issues on the grid for Josh Cook. There were mechanics still around his car with the uh, 30-second board being raised on the start line, uh, which was going to mean trouble for him as they got into the race. Uh, 
He managed to pull away though onto the formation lap without any issue. Just looked like they were working on something just right up until, well, over the time even. Um, and you you were quite impressed with the way they uh, got the bonnet shut, weren't you, sir? It was the greatest showman uh, trick. Take, take off the bonnet, Rod, chuck it to another mechanic, narrowly avoiding one of the mechanics' heads, and then he caught it. it what, what was missing? He didn't do a little spin and a ha at the end, but it was still quite a good little, uh, little routine, can't, well worked on. Can't imagine what health and safety must say about that. It's, it's a seven from me. <laughs> so, yeah, he managed to get onto the formation lap, um, but he, his luck in this race was dying quickly, shall we say. Um, Sutton and Robottom were on softs for this race, crucially, um, and they were probably the drivers to watch out for. As you said, all four BMWs had gone onto the mediums, as had a lot of other drivers, um, including Dan Camish, who had obviously made progress through the field to 11th. Ingram, a poor start once again. Must have been because he was feeling under the weather. I had heard a rumour. I had heard. Um, and Cook was slow coming out of Wilson, which is the second second corner hairpin. Um, uncharacteristically, we thought it was because of the troubles that they were on the formation lap or on the grid, um, but it would actually turn out as he came through Palmer that he had a puncture on the front right tyre, which would um, just compound the issues, because uh, on top of that he would then Thank you. He would then um, get given a drive-through penalty for obviously his mechanics still being working on the car up to the, or over time. So he would come. He must have felt. He must have felt quite deflated. Oh dear, you've been cooking that one up, haven't you? Hey. Um, so yeah, he tread, tread carefully. He he came in and um, obviously got that puncture sorted out on the opening lap. And then on the second lap, had to come in and serve his drive-through, which actually brought him out into the massive gap that Sutton had made once again, uh, following his excellent start. Again, four and a half, five seconds. Cook slotted in nicely behind him after his um, pit and penalty, um, and actually managed to keep pace with him for the whole race, which was quite interesting yeah, to see. Um, I'm wondering if this is the, the turn the corner moment for One Motorsport and they've managed to find the performance where it's necessary and going to Thruxton, Cook's probably going to think his luck's in being king of Thruxton. I would just say to you know, you know me, the pessimist, and like to uh, prick, the, prick the balloon of optimism. Of course, he was picking up quite a nice toe from Ash Sutton. Yeah. Um, managed the gap nicely but it was in a situation where he wasn't going to overheat the car from running in Sutton's air but was certainly um, benefiting from the strip slipstream that Sutton was creating yeah but he wasn't under any blue flag pressure from the BMWs behind and I, I, I don't know no, that whether that true. was down to the pace that he was carrying behind Sutton or whether the BMWs just didn't have it in them to catch him a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Yeah, exactly. Um, two drivers of note coming through the field were Collard and Chilton. As you say, Chilton only managed to overtake a couple of drivers towards the end of race one and Cook with the retirement. But they were making good progress, and by the end of the race, they'd managed to both get up into the points, 13th um, for Collard and 15th for Chilton, just missing out, of course, on the um, reverse grid draw for race three. But it was a good effort from them, and both of them looked racy. Yes, there were drivers that you'd probably expect them to overtake, looking at the pace of both the cars this year. You say, yeah, I agree, but I think last year Chilton wouldn't, wouldn't have made the same level of progress. No. 
no, I don't I think he'll he honestly. And I think that he's, as I said before, having a bit of a renaissance this season. He's found his mojo a little bit. I think taking a win on the opening weekend always helps because it just you know gets your mojo back up. But fair play to Chilton. He's um he's I wouldn't say it's the Chilton of old, but I would say that you know he's he's rolling back the year somewhat. Yes, certainly is. Um, Camish was making no real progress in this race on the medium tyre, which was unusual to see for me. Um, I don't know whether the car wasn't quite set up or whether it was just down to the brilliant defending of Aaron Taylor-Smith, who seemed to be keeping the the whole of the midfield behind him when it was necessary. I think that Taylor-Smith defended brilliantly in this race, first and foremost. Two caveats, because I love to to ruin everything. Love caveats. One, I would would say that, as I said earlier, where do you overtake a Snetterton? he, obviously, he's, he drove the line very well yeah. and made it impossible. But Camish isn't going to try a ridiculous move around the outside of Agostini or somewhere like that because it just doesn't work. No. Um, second of all, and I, I hate to be a moaner, this is where hybrid would actually make a difference if you could use it properly, i.e. he could use it to get past him on the straight or coming out of a corner. But the way it's set up, it just doesn't work for that. It just doesn't work. It, you know, if, if we had a DRS system, Camish gets passed on the Bentley straight, Yeah. most likely. Yeah. The, or, the system we or have at least gets into a position where he can outbreak him down into Brandon yeah, yeah. and Nelson. But the system we have doesn't work because, okay, you don't know when Cavish is going to use his hybrid, but if you Taylor Smith and you've got a lot of laps of it, you're well, going to gamble it's going to be down the Bentley straight, aren't you? Yeah, they, they've both got the same amount of laps from where they finished yeah. the positions in race one. So, yes, it's not all the laps in the race, but if you feel like you're coming under pressure... You work out how many laps you've got left, and then then you can use it in the necessary places to defend. I think it yeah. is a really good defensive tool. I don't think it's a very good attacking tool. I agree with you on that, and I think that is a problem because ultimately you want to see it's motorsport. You want to see overtakes yeah. as good as defensive driving is. And as I say, Taylor Smith put on a masterclass in how to to do it this weekend uh, in this race. But actually. Unless you're a racing purist who really enjoys watching defensive driving, it's not what's going to get the fans excited and interested. And you want to see racing, you want to see overtakes. Yeah. Um, uh, not to do down what Taylor Swift did because it was a very good defensive drive. I just think that, yeah, this is this is exactly what hybrid should be fixing. And in my opinion, it is exactly what it's failing to do. Yeah, uh, I think quite noticeably, uh, Taylor Smith's best lap was a one fifty eight zero. And Camish's was a one fifty seven three, a seven tenths of a difference. You would expect that if he had that sort of difference over the majority of the laps, he should have been able to get past him quicker. But it wasn't till about two laps from the end that he was actually managed to make a move on him and get through. One of the other Napa Fords was having a really good battle in this race, which was Sam Osborne driving well inside the top ten, um, and was causing some problems for Butcher, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, Osborne has um, gone up a gear this season. Uh, no doubt buoyed by the confidence of the car, but he's he's racing well. He's getting himself involved. He's getting his elbows out. He's racing with, quote, more experienced drivers than he is, and he's, on the whole, giving a good account of himself. Um, this is a big year for Osborne, as I think we said at the start of the season. There's nowhere to hide this year. Um, and at the minute, I say that overall, I think there's still more to come, but I think overall, he's not hiding. He's risen to the challenge well. Mm. Okay, he's never going to outscore Sutton and Camish in particular on a regular basis and he's not going to overly outdo Robotov on a regular consistent basis but his job this year is to win the Jack Sears which yeah. he's currently doing and he's, he's already picked up a podium along the way 
and he's doing pretty well. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm interested to see. I think that I wouldn't rule out a win this season if circumstance plays right, but I wouldn't rule it out. So Sutton would go on to take his fourth win on the trot, um, something that has not been done since 1997 by Alan Menu. Um, and if he were to go on and take race three victory, that would be something that hadn't been done since Gabriele Tarquini in the Alpha 155, I believe, in 1994. Um he took fastest lap along the way in that race uh, from Jake Hill in second, Colin Turkington third. Roe Bottom managed to make progress up to fourth uh, with that soft tyre, finishing quite a way ahead of Morgan in the end, six seconds or so. From Jelly, Ingram, Butcher, Osborne, Lloyd, Camish in 11th, Taylor Smith brilliantly defended 12th. Obviously, Collard in 13th, Ronan Pearson winning Jack Sears in 14th, and Tom Chilton in 15th. One final observation for going to race three is that yes. I wonder how, when they have the cutoff is for declaring what tyres they're going to use. Because if you're seeing, going back to race one, starting on the grid on a particular tyre, are you not tempted to change it on the grid? Or I wonder if that is a cutoff point. It's as they roll out the pit lane. Right, so they can't change it on the grid? No. No. Well, that's that, uh, that's that sort of thing, isn't that's it? That's right. Lovely. race three right on to race number three then and ball number six was pulled out of the the pot and i think ash would have kicked himself when number six came out because i think he could have won race two on a hard tire particularly as bmw were running um, mediums for that one yeah i think he could have won it on the hard tire and then he'd have won this by at a canter on the soft in race three and taken all three now it's ridiculous that we're coming away from this of ash sutton having two wins and a fourth and saying that he might be slightly disappointed that he wasn't more yeah i, I mean Ingram was on the hard tire in race two and he dropped from fourth down to seventh. But that's because one robot was on the soft who made progress. And as you say, the BMWs were on the mediums. Yes, I think there was a a little a little bit of a bigger gap between the mediums and the hards and the soft to the medium. Um, but as you say, I think Sutton probably had the pace in hand. It would have been a much tighter, a much closer race, probably much more oh, entertaining yes. as well. Seeing him trying to hold off Jake Hill and, and Turkington. Um, but yeah, it's probably his best chance to go for a, a three win weekend. Yeah, although actually, it's a certain a bit of a chance that he'll get a chance to take all three out of thought. Now, let's talk circuses and let's talk the BMW tyre strategy or strategist of the weekend. So, all four have stuck with the same tyre for each race meaning that this uh final race of the day with the reverse grid they were all on the hard tire at the coldest part of the well, not the coldest but not the hottest part of the day either all on the same tire all together on the grid and in the end they completely held each other up and made themselves look very foolish indeed is this an oversight by bmw how on earth do we get here and do you think we'll see it happen again i what i'm confused by is yes you've got the three bmws that are running their bmw livery with wsr backing and stuff like that and then you've got jake hill and i very much doubt that jake hill would have or would have had the same engineering briefing to go okay we're all going on the hard tire so it's or we're all going on the same tire in each race so it's equal for everybody 
it must have been that sort of decision. Otherwise, I cannot see why Jake Hill didn't go, right, I'm going to run this tyre in this race, this tyre in this race, and go a different direction to the rest of the BMW boys. And he's the one that's actually lost out the most in this last race. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think this has to have been a commercial and team decision to to do it like this in, in the interest of fairness. But actually balls to fairness there's two people that are in a tight well no, because there's out of the four yep. only two of them are in a are in a title battle yes. right morgan was never going to be in a title battle this year in the first team jelly is solid but he's not title challenging material no. so actually balls to that turkerton and hill have to have complete autonomy in what um strategies they're able to choose and it appears to me that there's been too much micromanagement on this because i can't I cannot buy for one minute that the tyre strategists at BMW have sat down and gone, do you know what the best option this weekend is? Is for us to all to do the same. That is how we'll maximise this weekend. Yeah. And actually, what, what they've done is they've come away from a track that normally suits them very nicely with, I wouldn't say a complete waste of time because they've taken podiums along the way, but oh, all, they were very all four off- of them have been in the top 10 for all three races. Take, taking Which is good. that away from a weekend is very good, as you say, commercially for the team. But none of them will win. And what isn't so good commercially for the team is the fact that in this race, they all held each other up. They're all bashing into each other. And they're actually quite lucky that they all four finished because Morgan did a very silly move trying to cut back on Robot, which could have caused an accident. Hill, I think, hit every single one of his teammates, either locking up or trying to get past. And all it did was allow Ash Sutton, who was ahead of them, to laugh his way and keep that and keep fifth on the road, uh, we'll come to that in a minute, on the hard tyre, are completely unchallenged. The four BMWs kept the faster cars behind because they were all messing about for so long until Cook finally picked them off. Um, obviously, he was on the soft tyre and came from the back of the grid and actually looked really good for the first time this season on that. Good. But all they did was hold, hold each other up and allow Ash, who's the championship leader, to get off down the road, win a sort of driver race of his own and pretty much laugh all the way to the bank. Yeah, he was. He looked comfortable in this race, and yes, he had some soft tire runners come past him, but he he wasn't worried about them soft tire runners because obviously he'd woke it, won the opening two races of the weekend. They weren't they weren't necessarily drivers of concern. Getting on to the race itself, then off the start, um, there was a delayed start. Gamble pulled off the formation lap with an issue, and Edwards withdrew from the race with technical problems. Please, God, that her car worker, Thruxton, this is getting a bit <laughs> tedious. It's tedious for us. It must be just so frustrating for her. Yeah. Um, off the line, Turkson was round wide. Again, questions about the race craft, cut, paste, repeat, etc., etc. We're running over on time, so I won't go down this rabbit hole again. Safe to say that I'm still not convinced about him in wheel-to-wheel combat. Uh, Sutton pulled off a ridiculous overrun and pass on the hill on the Bentley Strait. Even with the worst attire, he was still just popping moves left, right, and centre. Uh, I actually think the championship is done without trying to get too depressed or too um, pessimistic, but I think he's done. Okay, I really we'll, do. We'll go home then, and uh, we won't watch for a further race this season. Well, no, we will. We'll come to that on my final thoughts. Um, Lloyd was sent wide after touch around and Taylor Smith. Uh, to me, it was just a, a classic case of two into one doesn't go, nothing particularly... Uh, odorous and it was a good bit of rally cross skills from Lloyd again. again. I look forward to seeing the on yeah, look forward to seeing the on board of that on his YouTube channel. Uh we saw Butcher turn up to a race and do a great send on Morgan, which I think was one of the best moves I've seen him do all season. Uh until of course a couple of laps later he made an even ballsier move on Jelly by going all the way around the outside of the last little complex. Um 
Rowbottom did a very nice move for the lead. It turns out the lads can race after all, so that's all the naysayers hopefully uh, binned off. Uh, assuming, assuming it was him in the car and not his stunt double. We need to get that clarified, of course. Don't start that. <laughs> uh, where else are we? Should we go? There's a nice big battle pack further down. Uh, Taylor Smith, Chilton, Cook, Pearson all together. Four into one area doesn't go around. Taylor Swift set off into a barrier, all a bit messy, but your classic touring car races and the stewards put it down to that as there was no uh, punishments following this. Pearson, as a result of that, managed to tear off the whole of Aaron Taylor Smith's rear bumper and it managed to get fully locked around the front of his Hyundai, um, which caused him to have to come into the, the, the pits and retire the car, unfortunately, because uh, I assume the temperatures just went through the roof. Absolutely. Uh, Robot did start to struggle on his tyres. It started to go off and Ingram capitalised with a lovely move, a classic switcheroo uh, into turn number one, outside to win. Lovely. Even though he was unwell, he can still pull off these kind of moves for the fans, which is always good to see. Uh, as I said, the BMWs then started to come together. Hill into Jelly, which was great when you've got the BMW head honchos down to, to look at the racing it's always good when you have the four teammates come together yeah uh, further back cameras are making a steady charge through the field uh, and managed to get all the way up to second place and started chasing down ingram hard so hard he decided he was going to try and launch himself into the atmosphere to get past him by taking a big leap over the sausage curves uh, on the final lap uh, and this would potentially come back to haunt him as he would fail the post uh, race ride height checks now it's impossible to know whether that was from his excursions over the sausage curves and his little trip into into the earth's atmosphere however i think it's likely it contributed personally so do i especially the fact that he did it where we were sitting for the final race down at brundle and nelson on the inside of there to the right hand side of the car and then he also did it again at murray's which was the left hand side of the car it seemed like the whole front of the car had dropped because it was right in the middle where the roller didn't seem to go underneath um so yeah i think it's fairly likely um i doubt that it's something that the team would have done on purpose um yeah it's it would have been interesting to see if he hadn't have ridden those curbs he'd i think he'd have probably still ended up second anyway he had to go for it he sort of had nothing to lose um oh i disagree he's in a championship battle he's got everything to lose yes he is but uh, we're he's, had a, he's had a bad weekend and he's guaranteed seconds expecting every driver to have this bad weekend that we always talk about um, and I think this will be his bad weekend for the season um, but yeah we, we don't know what, what could have been sort of thing well, to round up then the top 15, Tom Ingram from Roy Butcher and his Toyota Avensis uh, from Dan Robottom, who was promoted <laughs> up to third. Uh, Kamish's exclusion meant that Ash Sutton took fourth. Josh Cook from the back to fifth with a great effort. Brilliant drive. Stephen Jelly, who, Stephen Jelly, who I thought was um, one of the standout performers for the BMW this weekend, personally, very steady and in the main, avoided trouble. Uh, he finished in sixth. Colin Turkerton seventh. Aidan Moffat out of nowhere finished in the top ten, uh, getting eighth from Adam Morgan. Jake Hill, as you mentioned, the big loser down in tenth. Tom Chilton, Bobby Thompson, Dexter Patterson in the points again. Ricky Collard and Mikey Doble in the points rounded out your top fifteen. One one thing I must say is that I don't know whether one motorsport have unlocked an actual proper setup for that car in that final race. Cook and Moffitt, yes, I think they were both on the soft tyre, but they both looked really, really quick. 
I will see what happens at Thruxton on that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is where it will show and will tell, hopefully. So the weekend's shenanigans mean that Ash Sutton is now top of the table. Uh, he is, well, we'll come to it in my final thoughts uh, in a moment. But yeah, Ash Sutton leads the way at the top of the table. He is now on 135 points. Tom Ingram on 128 from Colin Turk to the 109. Dan Camish 98, Jake Hill 98. And then a bit of a gap back to Dan Bottom, who is on 69. Sam, do you have any final thoughts uh, yes, I would like to award some awards. Oh, yeah, we're doing that in this pod, don't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call. We'll do that then. Driver of the day, undoubtedly, I think, for both of us is Sutton. Um, so yeah, we have two wins and a fourth, and we're still going, could it have been better? But, yeah, still driver of the day for, for both of us. Um, my villain is going to be the hard tyre this weekend. As we've mentioned it in a couple of the races there, I just think the gap between the medium and the hard was a little bit too much. Um, if you bring that a little bit closer together, I think you'll have a lot more competition and drivers won't plummet through the, the field like some of them did. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's going to come with learning. Yep, I'm going for the BMW strategy team as discussed at the start of race three terrible decision and it can't happen again at Croft surely no you'd like to think not um you're good surprise of the weekend mate I'm going for one motorsport that cooked it pretty well um in race one race two yeah it's a problem that you you can't really help with a puncture etc showed his pace uh, though. race yeah showed his pace and race three they're both in the points with Moffat and Cook is the corner turned I don't know but coming into this weekend I wouldn't have necessarily said that both would score decent points um and they have done which is important for obviously the team battles and actually in the independent teams uh battle they are second but only by a point which Ooh, is important okay. uh, my good surprise might surprise a few people actually um and that is napa now wow you're surprised at the fastest car on the grid of, well, actually, it's a point to point out that it's not the fastest car on the grid because they're actually slow through the speed traps, so it's mm. not a case of the engine being brilliant. Get that in there. This Tim Harvey said it was a good point before we start talking about boost reductions. Um, but you're going for the car that leads the championship, has a championship-winning driver in it, and it's very good. It's a surprise. Wow. I am because this was a track which was meant to be BMW Haven, and Sutton primarily... Camus has done pretty well as well, showing that pace in the final race. They've, they've knocked them out the park almost. They, they've found a setup on Sutton's car, which just works. They haven't changed it since Brands, and it works really well here, and it will probably work really well at Truxton as well. Um, I wasn't expecting this. We're now through three full rounds of the championship, and I thought, We've had three very different style tracks as well. And I thought one of them might be a little bit of a downfall for that Napa car. But I'm not sure there's any chink in that armour. I, I see what you're saying. Um, let's just, see what Thruxton brings. Just pleasantly if, if, surprised if it, by it. If it goes well at Thruxton, then I think you've had all four style of tracks and it's very, very... Um, Ominous. Yeah. Ominous, that's the word. Uh 
my bad surprise the weekend i've gone for auto bright team hard good weekend at uh Brands Hatch and Donington, not so good here, albeit that they've held the hands of gone, yeah, it was a bit of a stinker. We've made the we're not the changes, we're not we're not we know where we need to you know change, we know we've gone wrong. Yeah. We'll be back at Throx and, and we'll see how that goes. But a bit of a stinker. Um yeah. Well I'm gonna contradict my last point and I'm gonna go for Camish. <laughs> um I didn't see him making a mistake in qualifying like he did. Um, and then to push so hard in that final race to possibly, we think, cause damage to the car to mean that he was then disqualified. I'm assuming that there's no one else's fault apart from his for that to happen. Um, and as you say, when he got just outside that top 10, he, w- he then again wasn't able to make progress. Um, so it's, it's a weekend to forget for him. Absolutely. Right. Nanny Ward's done. Do you have any final thoughts for the weekend um i should have worn sun cream yes definitely um thruxton is going to be an interesting one next time out is it yes because i think there are teams that are building as in one motorsport we're expecting that the honda should go well there in the hands of josh cook will they toyota and toyota and will they build to the point where I think they should be. Will they be challenging these top three teams in BMW, Hyundai, and Napa? Um, or are Napa well, just going to walk away with it? Well, that links into my final thoughts, which is, uh, to answer your question, no. Um, I think we've seen in the opening three rounds that there are five drivers that are above the rest, and there are three teams that are above the rest, and I really don't see that changing. Okay. You look at the... You look at the standings in the championship and you see already a big gap a big between gap. top. It's a big gap. You've already got drives over the 100-point mark, yep. three, uh, nine rounds in. Uh, you've had Sutton take back-to-back hauls of over 60 points or near enough 60 points. I can't, I've not got the exact maths in front of me. Um, and you look on the track as well, those five drivers are consistently ahead and well ahead of the rest of the field. Yep. So in answer to your question... No, uh, even if reverse grid, I don't necessarily see another team winning anything this year because those five, unless you get a 12 and all those five are pushed right to the back of that part of that 12, grid reverse or 11, I don't see, I just don't see it personally. I think that those five are so far ahead and I think the championship is done the way it is. Sutton is, when he gets in this zone, it's scary because he just every track he's on it he's mm. dialed in and he looks so super focused but at the same time super relaxed in that car and that's a very dangerous combination where Aston is concerned and effectively he's already had his bad weekend at Donington yeah um, this reminds me of his championship in the Subaru where he just got into tandem with the car it came very easily or it certainly came across as it was going very easily yeah um, and I just think that when he gets in this groove it takes something special to stop him and I'm not convinced that Kamish has got it over a season I certainly don't think Turkin does and I've been a little bit underwhelmed with both Ingram and Hill so far mm-hmm. um, but I don't see another team taking a win this year it's going to be BMW, it's going to be Hyundai, it's going to be Napa the fact that Napa have had a podium at every single round so far yeah. is utterly crazy Yeah. Um, one final thing for me as well, I'm looking to see how much of a difference the tyres make next time out. We have to use all three 
compounds, um, whether there's going to be such a drop off from the hard, whether the soft is going to last as long. I'm wondering whether they're going to change up those compounds so we see more degrading from the soft towards the end of the race, because I still think it was too strong when you got into those final laps. Um, yes, people say it's artificial to adapt races in that way, but I think if you're able to manage a tyre well, it's a sign of a good driver. Yeah, I agree. I've got no problem with the tyres. I, I just think that there is potentially too much difference across the three compounds. Yeah. However, as I've said, caveat, Isnetton is difficult to overtake. Let's see what Croft brings in that regard. I, I don't want to have another go at hybrid before I go, but it's not to. working. <laughs> but, you know, you talk about artificially changing a race, and I agree with that. And Success Ballast has got, for every person who thinks it's a good thing, it's got critics, and I completely understand that. But it worked. Mm. There's no question. It worked. Yeah. Hybrid, for me, isn't working. And actually, all it's doing is making the field further apart because those, particularly five drivers, are just... They're unbeatable. Mm. There's no way of clipping their wings because you give them one second of heart or one use of hybrid and it's only lasts a second who cares it's ash Sutton. yeah it, it really doesn't matter you could take it away from him and he'd still win races it, it doesn't it's not strong enough for the competition to make any difference I, to these five drivers i certainly think it needs to have a horsepower increase um when you use it significant one rather than just i think the 40 that it gives at the moment if it's more if it's closer to 100 and you can actually almost physically see it on track when someone's on hybrid you can see them boosting basically um then i think it would have more of an effect but until that happens which probably now is until next season at the earliest um i think yeah there's have... not going to be a change there's not going to be a change halfway through the season no. because that that then does upset integrity and that then does come to yeah. to that but yeah i'm look, i'm not hidden i'm not a fan but i think you know, last year we gave it a little bit more of a, you know, a little bit more slack. Yeah, leeway slack. This year, with the way it's going already, as I say, one of those five drivers is going to win the championship. In my opinion, only one of those drivers is going to win the championship. And the field is being left behind behind them. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, give us a comment below and also don't forget to leave us a like and get the bell on on YouTube. Uh, we will be back for a Thruxton preview next week now. So hopefully this will go out over the weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, all being well, stay safe and uh, we'll be back with a preview. And remember, if you've not seen a video of me failing to put up a chair, it is seven <laughs> minutes of your life. You won't get back. However, you might find it quite funny. And yes, seven minutes to put up a chair. Longer, but edited for YouTube purposes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye! Hi there, it's Sam here. If you're enjoying this podcast, why don't you leave us a like? And don't forget to subscribe. You can also leave us a five-star review. And we're also on social media at Facebook and Instagram 